Hello, and welcome to InfoLinks on the Record. I'm your host, Kurt Teese, and with me today is one of our clients, Stephen Delina, who is the Records Manager here at Rutgers University, where we're broadcasting from. Welcome, Stephen. Hey, Kurt. Glad that you can be here. Always a pleasure to uh, spend some time with you. Fantastic. So I'm anxious to uh, spend some time together. Uh, you are a modern Renaissance man. Uh, you're a records manager, a public servant, a historian, an archivist, and an academic. So that's a full plate of uh, yeah. It keeps <laughs> it keeps me busy. Keeps me busy. That's okay. That's okay. So let's uh, let's find out how you started. Where did uh, you grow up, and how did you make your way to Rutgers? So um, you know, I, for me, I always tell the story. I, I think my calling started when I was uh, when I was very little. Uh, my uh, my my room was was a wreck. Uh, my mother would always say, "Would a cyclone come through and, and hit it?" <laughs> However, you know, if my friend Mark came over and said, "Hey, do you have that 1975 Carl Yastrzemski card that I gave you the other day? I'd like to have it back." Yeah. Well, um, amongst the chaos, I would always be able to find you know those those types of things. So um, I always liked history. Um, so, you know, once I went through my uh, undergrad academic career, uh, I bounced around to a couple of different universities and I, I finally graduated from Ryder College, which is right outside of Trenton, New Jersey, okay. uh, degree in history. And like, I don't know what the heck I was going to do with a degree in history, but I, um, I what, what part of history in particular? Uh, world history. Well, actually Canadian history. I'm a very, okay. very, very nerdy in, in, in that <laughs> aspect. Uh, but I, but my senior year, I uh, interned at the State Archives in Trenton. Okay. And um, I found myself amongst the chaos, uh, much like my room was when I was a little boy and people asking for stuff and, and for me just to kind of start putting things in order. And I think that was kind of my calling. Uh, ultimately, I got a job with the State Archives. It was a grant-funded project. It was called the New Jersey Newspaper Project. We were microfilming all of the state's newspapers. Uh, that I, so I was worked in the State Archives for about five years. Ultimately, came here to Rutgers uh, to start doing some records management. Um, there's also a little bit of you know a records management um, lineage in my family as well. Oh, really? Uh, my father was the first records manager for Middlesex County here in New Jersey. No kidding. Um, I started working with him some summer uh, hours as well, so I kind of got that records management calling. My brother is currently the records manager uh, for the county of Middlesex. So uh, some, you know, some oh families, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, have make athletes, and some have clergy, and we, I guess, produce records managers. And, <laughs> With Thanksgiving coming up not too uh, soon, you can imagine the uh, stimulating conversation about <laughs> records management. So uh, ultimately, doing records management here at Rutgers, I went on to get my uh, graduate degree here. Um, and then, um, you know, what I, was that degree in? Uh, it was library and information science. Okay. So I, I, I put my time in with that. Um, and then ultimately, I was under the auspices of the archives here at the university. But it was in 2012, it was decided records management needed to be put under uh, business services. It was more of a business service function to the university. Uh -huh. So they pulled it out of the uh, archives, which was more of the library side of things. 
Uh, so uh, it was also during that time I started teaching records management here at Rutgers. Uh, I've been teaching the records management class in the School of Communication and Information since 2001, um, and that was for the most part in the classroom, but now at least the last seven years now I've been teaching it online both semesters, fall and the spring semester. Okay. Uh, but it's uh, it, it brought me here to our record center. Uh, the university decided that uh, the records were just uh, too scattered, um, but yet uh, uh, just uh, open to uh, uh, many, many issues uh, with accessibility, uh, with uh, privacy, uh, with compliance and security. So the university invested in a state-of-the-art record center. Um, Which is where we are Where today. we are right now. So I can attest, it is state-of-the-art. This yeah. is... Quite an impressive facility. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I, I spent 18 years in the basement of, uh, of a library, uh, and either I was crazy to stick around that longer or patient. And <laughs> and I guess my patience uh, paid off with the university. And how long is the university? Give us a little background just on Rutgers itself. Oh, yeah, sure. So uh, Rutgers was founded in uh, 1766. Uh, it's the eighth oldest uh, academic institution in, in the United States. Um, it, so uh, pre-Civil Pre-revolutionary, yeah, pre-revolutionary war. war. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's you know it's it's amongst the Columbia's, the Yale's, the Harvard's, the the UPenn. In fact, a lot of people always thought Rutgers was an Ivy League school, but uh, in essence, it really it's, it became a a, a state university. Uh, it grew from that, um, but uh, you know it's been around for you know quite some time now. Um, of note, we just uh, celebrated uh, 150 years of uh, college football. It was Rutgers was the birthplace of college football. Oh, wow. So it was November 6th, uh, 1869, that Rutgers and Princeton played the first college football uh, match uh, ever, and uh, we just you know, had a big celebration regarding that. So a lot, a lot of history regarding, you know, Rutgers. Um, well, I noticed in your record center, one of the unique things is all the boxes are beautifully branded, uniform, but then you do have the costume for the mascot. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, yeah. We, 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 have, we have the former uh, mas- uh, mascot. Uh, I guess currently, if we're going to talk lineage, that's the father of the current mascot. And, and you actually didn't get to see the grandfather as well. <laughs> He's a little tired, so he doesn't come out too often. So, uh, But uh, yeah, Rutgers is rich with history. Uh, it is a state institution, so we, uh, we, uh, we cover the entire state. Um, uh, and, and that's for records management. We, we cover each of the uh, counties in, in the uh, state of New Jersey has a, uh, has a Rutgers presence in it. Okay. Uh, so, um, and, um, you know, there was a great rich history with, with Rutgers, with Rutgers University. So it's more than just the campus that, that we see here. Yes. Yep. Yep. So the main area, uh, they'll say is the New Brunswick region. Uh, that's where, uh, the, the largest cluster of academic uh, buildings are. However, we, we do have a footprint, like I said, in, in the 21 counties, we have, um, academic, uh, institution in Camden as well as Newark. Um, and then in 2013, Rutgers integrated with uh, what was the University of Medicine and Dentistry. So we took over the, the medical uh, okay. school for the for the state. Um, and there's uh, a lot of clinical offices throughout the state as well. And again, when you think about all of the offices and, and what Rutgers does, obviously there's records involved in that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it keeps, keeps us busy here at the Record Center. So, so tell us, how did this... Uh 
State of the Art Record Center. How did it come into being? Right. So, you know, it always happened, you know, records managers like to uh, to use gloom and doom, right? You sure. know, there's always, when there's always a problem, you know, uh, that's what happens. So somebody, uh, you know, for the, I always kind of like to think it was, it was my, you know, uh, dashing personality and good looks that kind of promoted records management at Rutgers yeah. University. But I think what it really came down to was somebody's, somebody's records, somebody who was important, their records got wet in one of the warehouses. Wow. So it was decided that it just wasn't the proper way for record keeping, especially for such a large institution. Um, you know, we have over uh, 50,000 students. We have over 20,000 uh, people working at our institution. Uh, and as I mentioned, it's statewide. So it was decided that uh, the best place was to consolidate all the records in in one building. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did our due diligence or, you know, we went out with our real estate office and we identified a, a, a large warehouse that would uh, be retrofitted. Um, we brought in uh, proper uh, um, uh, architects to come in, engineers, uh-huh. fire safety, and what we decided to do was create a uh, facility that houses about 160,000 record cartons uh-huh. uh, for storage. So we were pretty much uh, at, at, I want to say, you know, we always, as records managers, you always hold off a, a little bit of space, but sure. we, we do have some uh, room to grow. Uh, but uh, we do get about a thousand record cartons a month. We destroy about a thousand record cartons a month as well. And, and tell us a little bit about that destruction process because mm-hmm. I noticed you have really a full service shredding program. Yes. So you're mm-hmm. really taking it from cradle to grave. Yep. So you know, again, in the planning of this, uh, we you know we needed we know we needed to do something with shredding um, uh, our, our current records. Uh, so we pay, purchased a large uh, cross-cut uh, industrial uh, shredder uh, for our facility here. So we do shred our uh, in records in-house. Uh, we also saw it as a business opportunity as well is to make sure that we are shredding uh, the, the documents that are being created and maintained in a lot of our offices. And as I had mentioned that, um, you know, with the medical school, we have a lot of clinics, uh, a lot of medical records out there. Yeah. Uh, so we do it. We are a full service uh, shredding uh, business function for the university as well. So we do have consoles and bins throughout the state of New Jersey. Uh, we have a service schedule that goes out weekly uh, to, to the various areas. Uh, we provide uh, larger purge barrels for those large projects. And because Rutgers is so large and has so many buildings, we have over 500 buildings on Rutgers uh, real estate. There's always the nooks and the crannies. Sure. And with the history of, of Rutgers being, you know, it being around since pre-revolutionary war times, we still have old houses that have stuff in the attics, stuff in the basements, really? um, garages. I mean, you name it and, and, and people just kind of stow things. And, you know, Though we might not be finding, you know, a George Washington, you know, letters, uh, but we are finding a lot of older administrative stuff as well. So we do the record storage and we do all the shredding as as well for the university. Okay. So it is like a full service commercial yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, it, it uh, the team that we built here uh, with, with me taking the, the lead – uh, I built a great team uh, uh, for the operations of it. 
uh, Ken Williams, who uh, he used to work in Pierce Leahy sure. and, and Iron Mountain at, at uh, a while ago. I brought him in to, for that that commercial record storage uh, aspect. Uh, another member of our team is a young man named Steve Simpson, who uh, actually was one of my students in my in my class. Oh, <clears> so we know, way. so we know he's uh, he's very smart. Uh, and then I have a, another uh, young man named Philip Morris, who's um, you know just an outstanding worker. So and we do have a lot of student workers as well, and we work in tandem with uh, some other uh, business services within the university, such as mail services for a lot of our delivering. Uh, and then our material and surplus property for large bulk pickups. So we we work uh, we work hand in hand with some of the other business services. So tell me a little bit about. Um, you mentioned uh, Steve being one of your your students. Yes. Um, I know that you have uh, served on the board at, at ARMA in mm-hmm. a variety of capacities. Uh, so I'm very interested. Is uh, you know within the uh, the ARMA mm-hmm. uh, records management information governance community. We're looking at the, the the growth, new people coming into the industry. So tell us a little bit about your teaching and how you're developing that next generation of, of talent. Yeah. You know, so for, for the most part, um, I, I get about 20 students a semester. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a library school. It's a, it's a, it's a professional school. So a lot of the, a uh, lot of the students there are, um, you you won't find too many of the the, the younger coming right from undergrad. What uh-huh. you do what you do find a lot are people who had established jobs or in an in an established job, and they want to further their education and they perhaps change their profession. Okay. So uh, a lot of them are uh, currently working in libraries. Um, a lot of them are currently working in archives. So I always try to, as I always, always say, is bring them over to the the light side, you know, yeah. the, as, as opposed to the dark side. Um, so every so often, I, I will get a uh, I will get a student who just takes to records and information management, um, and it, they'll go into it as as a profession. Um, you know, Steve uh, Simpson was happened to be one of them. So I usually get maybe one or two a semester who will go into the records management profession. Obviously, I, I tout, uh, you know, the benefits of becoming a member of ARMA um, uh, or, or AIM or any of those other, you know, uh, professional organizations, because I think once you leave the academic world, you really need the the practical and professional world sure. to to continue with with your profession. Um, I do try to cater my class to to that as well to make it very practical and make them value added members. Even if they don't go into the records management profession, I still try to at least to get them the tools they need for where, whatever setting they're in. Uh, but you know, for me going through the ranks, you know, spent you know doing my my time on the ARMA, you know, local chapter yeah. as well, the, yeah. as well as the region as well. Um, I just you know I I can't gush enough about how important uh, ARMA is uh, for me professionally to to have that um, resource uh, to not only you know you know current you know records managers but members of the, uh, the in the vendor community as well. Sure. Just a valuable resource, and and to have them, a, 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 you know, a, a, a touch tone finger dial away, or a text away, or, or a click email away, uh, for me, you know, golly, I've been 
20, I've been here at Rutgers for 25 years. I've been in the prof profession 29 years. And I would be half the records manager if I didn't have the relationships that I built through through ARMA. Well, that's that's quite an endorsement. Yeah. And yeah. We, we had the opportunity to uh, speak with Nick Inglis, uh, mm -hmm. actually at the ARMA conference mm -hmm. uh, just recently in Nashville. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, he will be glad to to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I know, you know, the, it's Arma has been tough yeah. uh, in, in their, and I guess their membership and their activity, but quite frankly, 20 something years, that's, I've always heard that, you know, oh, yeah. you know, we're having a tough time with membership and, and, you know, quite frankly, you know, uh, there is a cost involved in that. But however, the, 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 the relationships that. That, that you build are, are, you know, you can't put a monetary value on that. And it's impressive to see how you give back to the the, the records community. Mm -hmm. So tell us, you, you teach not only here at, at Rutgers, but you've offered the program at uh, – other other institutions? Yep. So I also, besides teaching at Rutgers, I'm teaching the records management class at Simmons University, uh, which is up in Boston. Um, sure. It's a, um, My part of town. Yep. It's one of the highest uh, uh, rated uh, universities for our archival programs. So again, just trying to spread So not that. only do we have the Patriots, but we have one of the top records management programs. Uh, uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, um, you know... Uh, yeah, I, I got no problem with the, I, you know, the Patriots as well. But uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> just watch what you say in the New Jersey region sure. here. You know, though the Jets stink. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I, I've uh, you know been teaching uh, at Simmons. Um, I'm also on the uh, faculty at uh, Kent State University in Ohio, oh, okay. as well as uh, Indiana Purdue University. There's a campus in Indianapolis uh, that they're trying to get a. Uh, a component of their library school for archives and records management. So I've been t in touch with them as well. So, so by doing the course online, you're able to spread yeah, your reach and really. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've always enjoyed teaching. Yeah. Um, and I've, you know, I've tried to look at regionally, perhaps some of the other academic institutions in, in my region that I could, I could teach. And when I realized, I said, geez, I've been teaching seven years now online. What's to stop me from being within the region? Mm -hmm. So I kind of put the word out. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm teaching, you know, at least, uh, you know, a couple other different cities uh, wow. trying to spread that records management religion, you know? <laughs> so in addition to that, mm -hmm. you also uh, are a uh, public servant. Yes. And something also that runs in your family, is that right? Indeed, yes, indeed. Uh, so yeah, I guess besides records managers, our, uh, our, uh, our family produces uh, public servants, which is the kind word for, you know, politicians, which might have a <laughs> negative connotation. My father uh, was an elected official, uh, local councilman for about 12 years, and then he went on to a, a county uh, level. In New Jersey, we have counties, and there's a, there's a government uh, aspect to that as well. So he he was an elected for, official for over 30 years. Uh, my brother was an elected official for 24 years. Uh, I just finished my uh, second term, uh, my eighth year, as a uh, council member in my town. Wow. Uh, I have a nephew who just won election uh, for council in his town about a, a year ago. So we've always uh, always been uh, kind of uh, public servants, um, always involved in the community, uh, and it usually starts with like a, a recreation or a little league program. Okay. Uh, and I did my time as a you know little league baseball president. Um, I did you know time on some boards and commissions and 
in my time. And then, you know, eventually you, you rise to the level where somebody says, hey, you'd make a good candidate. Why don't you If you run can handle for the politics of uh, <laughs> yeah, Little yeah. League in, in kid sports, you're probably... Yeah, indeed, <laughs> yes, yes. Every, everyone's kid, you know, everyone, uh, you know, every, they always think they're going to be the next Cal Ripken, sure. Babe Ruth, or, you know, who, yeah. whoever else. But, uh, <laughs> and that's always, that's always an interesting conversation to have with a parent, so... Luckily, my kids were never gifted athletically to that level, so I didn't have to really deal with that. But um, uh, yeah, it, it was it was tough. It, it was tough, and it still it continues. It's a thankless job uh, to be uh, an elected official. Um, not sure. that I'm looking for thanks, but once in a while, a, a nice you know slap on the back is is always you know always pretty good. So um, you know, but. Listen, what you see in the in your news and the national level, you know, it it just it just trickles down. So, and so, tell us a little bit about where you see things going. You have a lot of different uh, uh, areas that you have been involved. Mm-hmm. What's kind of the the future look like, both within uh, the university? Where do you see records management going? Well, obviously, you know, records management has has been a moving toward that uh, digital electronic sure. uh, environment for many years now and again i've i've always heard about the you know paperless office paperless office yep. and again being in the industry now 20 30 years you know I, the paperless office has been discussed for the last 30 years um, I've always said we'll have a paperless bathroom before we have a paperless <laughs> office, you know. So uh, people still like to still like to create, you know, paper. So paper's never going to really go away. However, that digital environment, items born digital, and how it's maintained, and and for me, it's the application of retention on those digital records. Yeah. Uh, the the electronic world of records management is the it, to me is the wild west. Um, and you need that collaboration between your your records managers, your IT, your legal to ensure that when people are creating the digital records, that there's a system involved for the retention of it. Yeah. Uh, it's just too easy to be the out of sight, out of mind. Um, you know, back in the, in, the, in the paper world, you know, paper was constantly slapping you in the face. You sat in an office. And you had an office full of cabinets. Mm-hmm. And of course, every day you would see those cabinets and you're getting a reminder that, oh my gosh, I have stuff here I need to do something with. But when you're sitting at a desk at a computer and your records are not physically slapping you in the face, yeah. it's an out of sight, out of mind mentality. And then you tend to lose that uh, the the purpose of retention. Um, it's just easy, throw it in the cloud and put it in another server. But However, it doesn't make a difference whether a record is is a piece of paper or whether it's a bit or byte. Um, you know the retention needs to be applied uh, to that. So it's very very important in the digital world for records managers to ensure that whatever system they have has the means to uh, provide retention to to digital records. And, so. and here at Rutgers uh, uh, institution this size, you probably have. All variety of, of departments, well, disciplines. Yes. So again, that Wild West mentality. Um, you know, you and 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 Rutgers is very decentralized in, in a number of, of ways. And records, uh, the way people create, maintain, uh, and and store records uh, can vary from even building to building. 
we finally just implemented a you know a university-wide email system. But before that, you know, Rutgers had 17, 20 different email systems. Is that right? And wow. again, that could have been based on just what ha- what building you happen to be in. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing also in uh, in the medical world, there's still um, clinics within the Rutgers realm that are still creating uh, paper charts. Um, uh, you know, there's talk about them migrating over to digital, but in this day and age for paper charts to still being used in the medical world is, is kind of an interesting aspect, but you know, we're here to help that particular department if needed. And you mentioned that the, the medical records, they were part of a, an acquisition of the university. So they have their own sort of heritage and Yes. Origin became before they became folded in. Yes. Uh, so the the legacy UMDMJ University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey uh, again was its own uh, academic separate yep, a separate institution. And uh, when we integrated with them, we took over their records as well. They were storing with an offsite commercial record storage company. Okay. Uh, the 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 unit itself uh, had their own legal troubles as well. They actually had a moratorium on, on destruction for ten years because there were some um, uh, ethical and improprieties. Yeah, there was <laughs> yeah there was some there was some financial chicanery going on. Oh. So uh, so they had a moratorium on destruction. So when uh, when we opened the doors to our record center here, we also opened it to the integration and then for the migration of the their records to come over. Uh, they were the medical industry. I, I have to say, uh, kind of. Um, up the ante on retention. Uh-huh. They were very good with retention. However, they were not very good on the intellectual control of their current record keeping practices. Uh, when we uh, uh, downloaded all of their uh, uh, you know their records into our system, you know we found that a lot of the records had a box number but no content description. So do you yeah. didn't even know what was in there and. If there's Common no challenge. Con- if there's no content description, there's obviously no dates as well. So yeah. um, for me, I call it job security. <laughs> you know, I spent a lot of time uh, going through uh, their records to try to clean it up and and provide uh, information and retention to their to their documents. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's it, it's it's uh, like I said, it's it's job security. Somebody's somebody has to do it. So records management, it's a journey. Never ending. The Indeed. challenges continue. Oh yeah, I love it. I'm <laughs> I'm a records manager uh, dork. I, I just I just love it. I live it. I breathe it. Uh, I, I, I you know I joked about spreading spreading the records management religion. I uh, when I teach my class, I, I usually give three definitions of records management. One the the formal, you know, um, you know the the life cycle of a document type of uh, yeah. definition. Another definition I call it informal is just kind of getting the right information to the right people at the right time, uh, at the right price. And then for me, my inform the my definition is records management is a religion. It's something that you need to spread, you need to buy into, you need to practice, and therefore I preach records management. So once pe- once you get those converts, they really they realize how important records management is, whether they see it or not. Uh, the record keeping for an, uh, an institution uh, provides, um, you know, compliance. It provides uh, good fiscal responsibility. And then ultimately, you know, the bottom line is, you know, you go back to, you know, it is you're, you're keeping what you're supposed to keep and destroying what you're, 
what you're supposed to destroy. And for me, that's the essence of records management. Fantastic. Well, that's a great note to end on. Very good. I appreciate you spending time with us. Kurt, always a pleasure. You know, I'm just uh, happy to, to spend time with you. Um, uh, you know, you and, and, and Tim and the entire InfoLinks uh, crew I've, I've dealt with now for, uh, you know, six years. And, and I can't uh, can't say enough how uh, um, what a great relationship. We talked about relationships about Arma. And yeah. I think our relationship with InfoLinks is top notch. And I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate that as well, and we're proud to be working with the, you and uh, everything that you're doing here at Rutgers. Great. Thank you so much. Take care, Kit. If you enjoyed our show, you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you have a few moments, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps listeners like you find our show. And if you want to keep up with the latest from InfoLinks, please follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. This is InfoLinks on the Record. Thank you so much for listening.